welcome back to the Warwickshire Cricket Board podcast. It's been a while since we have recorded a podcast throughout what's been a very strange time for everybody. So first and foremost, we hope everybody's doing well and that you're all fit and healthy and you enjoyed uh, what cricket season we could get in. Uh, I'm Alex Roslin and on this episode we'll be reviewing the 2020 season for women and girls and we're joined by Nadia Bakocci uh, and Marie Kelly. Uh, so it's really, really interesting chat, really informative chat and really good to hear from two people that are in the thick of it and uh, have a lot of experience in women's cricket and the information they give us on how it's developing and how they hope it will go even further. So really hope you enjoy. Okay, so on the episode, we're joined by Nadia Bacocci, who's on for her consecutive podcast. I think it's your second one, lads. Welcome back. I think it is, yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, and we're joined by podcast debutante in Marie Kelly from the Central Sparks, Warwickshire CCC and Complete Cricket. So welcome to the Cricket Board podcast, Marie. Hello, thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, how is everybody? Yeah, good, thank you. Coping well in semi-lockdown, I think it is at the moment. Yeah, it's all right, it's all right. We're doing okay. Yeah. Absolutely, um, the weather's remained okay so far. So. Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. It's getting a bit cold now, so we'll see We'll see how the next few weeks go, hey? or the next six months, as they say. Anyway, um, so in this podcast, we're going to go through the 2020 season and women and girls cricket, and we're going to do a little bit of review on what's been happening, what kind of good work has gone on at clubs, uh, and then a little bit of a conversation at the end towards um, Marie's new role in the Central Sparks and a little bit more detail on that. Um, obviously, this season was very, very shortened compared to what we wanted. Mm -hmm. But, um, Nads, if I come to you first, can you a bit of an update on what's been happening with women's cricket in the county? Um, to be honest, it's been really positive. Um, I know you say, obviously, it's been a shortened season, which it has. Um, but I think clubs have just made the most of being able to get back out there. A lot of our clubs were really proactive. So I think we kind of got the call second week in July, maybe, to say that sort of recreational cricket could return. Um, at that point, a lot of our women's clubs um, already had friendly fixtures in place, sort of ready for when we got the green light. Um, so it's been really positive to see. There's been um, a lot of hardball-friendly matches between clubs organised um, as a result of the Women's League being cancelled. Um, we've seen two clubs, Warmley and Burtswell, both enter the Arden Sunday League, which typically, obviously, is a men's league. So I think that's been quite surprising for a number of the opposition. Um, yeah, how did, how did they get positive. on in that league? Um, I'm unsure, actually, where they finished. Um, but I've spoken to a number of guys from clubs that they've played, um, a couple from Corley, etc., that said that they were, one, really surprised at the standard of the girls. Um, yeah. And two, that the banter was really good. Um, so I think that's really positive sort of for clubs going forward to know that they are actually welcome in those yeah. leagues if it's something that they choose to pursue. I mean, hopefully we'll have the Women's League back next year, um, yeah. but it's great to have that as another option. You've both played a lot of um, men's cricket, haven't you? So is that something yeah. that we could see more of going forward now, hopefully? Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see um, eventually it being completely mixed teams. Like I know at, mm. at Earlswood, they've got a, a female or at least two females in every team that they put out on a Saturday. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really good kind of stepping stone, I think. I think ultimately it'd be great to see just mixed mixed cricket in, in total because so I played a few of those men's games and it was really, really fun. Like the lads were great. They enjoyed playing with and against us. So um we because warmly we had a couple of the lads play with us if we were short of a few girls. 
Um, okay. And that worked really well. Like, we complemented each other well. And the lads that played with us actually ended up saying that they'd rather play with us than the other, <laughs> the other men's teams because we had more oh, wow. fun. So, um, yeah, it was quite, quite be, enjoyable. Actually. Would they be brave to admit that back in the clubhouse? Yeah, that, yeah, they were quite, quite, quite confident <laughs> about it. Um, good, yeah, Maybe good. they just like the attention. But Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Maybe. I've just looked on the the website and what was it division division three they yeah. finished third and fourth yeah i think we out of eight which is brilliant struggled towards the end when um the regional stuff started kicking off because it meant or some of our like better players or to be honest we had quite a few players i think we had four or five that were involved in the regional stuff so yeah. then the availability um drops down considerably towards the back end but yeah there's only 20 points between first and third and then second and fourth yeah. so that's really good so they did well in the end so it was good yeah that's really good yeah um Nance have you got what else has been going on um obviously the stuff I just mentioned kind of refers to the sort of competitive hardball cricket yeah um but there's been a lot of softball activity as well um so previously back in May we planned to run obviously numerous festivals throughout the summer um and actually we managed to run one pretty much every weekend um, from when we got the green light in July, where that was either women's um, or a girls' festival. So we had a number of clubs that chose to host. So, for instance, we had K&D, we had Kings Heath, Solihull Blossom Field, Water Orson, that just sort of said, yep, yeah, you can have our pitch for three hours. Mm. Um, and we got eight teams along. It looked slightly different to in the past um, because we sort of had to work in bubbles because of COVID compliance, etc. Um, yeah. But the way they worked in the end was sort of two bubbles of four teams. Um, they played in a, in a round robin. So they got three fixtures um, every Sunday, pretty much every other weekend throughout the summer, which I thought, considering the position we were in, thinking we were going to get no cricket, um, was yeah. actually really positive and, and good to see that so many teams still managed to turn out as a result. That's brilliant. It seems so, to be across the game that more people have been available this year than any other year, mm-hmm. almost. Is that yeah, I think obviously people, people are at home, aren't they? Which is is good and is positive. And I think it's made people realise being in for so long actually how valuable it is getting out there for a couple of hours of a weekend. Yeah. Do so you reckon it will change again next season? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I think with that one, won't we? So <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It stays as good. Um, so you mentioned some clubs before in um, Berkswell, Warmley, and what other good work has gone on at clubs that? Across the summer, uh, one for me would definitely be Kyneton. <clears throat> um, so Kyneton have had the addition um, of a guy named Terry Lynch, who sort of came in in November. I think he moved up from Hampshire, and just sort of got involved with the club and said, "I want to get a women's section going." Um, I visited mm-hmm. probably back in probably the end of November, first week in December, um, and there were six players at the first indoor session back then. Um, and visiting again a couple of weeks ago, um, Terry said that he's now got sort of 24 players. He's managing to get two sides out. Um, so they've ran a number of sort of inter-club games, mixing up the teams. Um, and some of the women now and the girls actually have been spotted by the men that have been down at the club and actually asked to represent um, the men's Sunday sides or the side on a Saturday, which, again, I think is a really good example of someone volunteering and sort of taking onus of a section. And yeah. you actually see how quickly it can develop if it's done well yeah. and done correctly. That's brilliant work considering we're inside for, for three months to get 24 women playing in that time is great. Absolutely. I mean, brilliant. I think those village clubs, it's really something that 
other clubs can learn off actually if you if you put it on people will come and they will get involved yeah if you commit to it yeah that's good yeah really good example but there have been a few as i said there have been a number of clubs that i didn't think ultimately would would be able to get a team week in week out but the likes of mosley ashfield king's heath for longley also and Ragley, they've they've all managed to get teams at every festival, um, and good yeah. teams that have been, been competitive um, and played the game in the right spirit, which is always a positive from an organising wow. point of view. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, Marie, you're heavily involved in Norland Orange. Yes, yes, that's right. So, what good work has gone on there? Um, I guess, I guess the numbers, like no, I'd say like we um we didn't really expect. To, or I, I kind of personally expected not many people to kind of um, kind of go for cricket this year. Just a bit kind of uncertainty around COVID and that kind of thing. But now we've we've had our highest ever numbers. We had I think forty three signed up this year now. Forty three girls, um, with a lot of them now playing hardball as well. So we were able to get under fifteens games on. We're starting to get our women's team going now. So hopefully, um, hopefully next year we'll be able to take part in some more women's hardballs, something like the Super 8s or something like that. Um, we'd yeah. love to do. Um, like Nadia said, we did the festivals, which the young girls absolutely loved. Um, and then our under-15 girls won the league this year as well, which was a massive, massive oh, achievement for them. I think as we lost most games last year. Um, they've worked really hard this season. Um, so, for, yeah, for them to come out winning it, they, they were absolutely chuffed. And there's yeah, so there's been loads of momentum with cricket this year, and that they keep messaging me now about trying to get some winter nets sorted. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> we'll get it yeah. sorted. Um, can be a problem yeah, for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> it just depends on indoor facilities. But we were we were really lucky with the weather as well. We didn't have any sessions called off. Um, yeah, just the excitement and the the kind of general feel for cricket was was really up there this year. I think, like you guys kind of touched on before, I think not being able to play it. At the start of April, May, and July, I think that created a bit more of a demand for cricket afterwards. I think people yeah. really miss seeing each other, seeing the friends, like the social side of cricket as well. Um, yeah. Just the environment. Yeah, it has been every week. It's been a really nice environment at the club, which has been really, really good to see. So brilliant. So well done, Nolan Dorridge under 15s If they end up listening yeah. to this, so it was out. congratulations. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and then I guess. The big difference has been: has it affected the game? Has it affected the way you guys would coach? Or um, uh, it's made you think more about the sessions, I guess. Is we had to be really careful um, with the bubbles initially, so we had way more coaches involved, as there had to be one coach per six children. Um, and when you've got forty-three girls wanting to come to cricket, that suddenly becomes a lot of coaches. Um, yeah. So it meant that we got, um, yeah, we had to kind of scratch around for some other coaches that could come in and help out but we've had a couple of the parents did some of your coaching courses over the winter um so -hmm. they came in they came in really handy actually um something that they could then lead a group by themselves and kind of it gave them a little bit more responsibility which i think they loved taking on board as well so um yeah that that was probably the main thing for me was having to really kind of plan each session into different groups and and keep keep people distant and to keep the parents distant as well <laughs> at the bar yeah can be a challenge yeah. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah for me now, I, anything different for you I think it was just made me think again as you said I think when you do sort of a lot of coaching hours you can become a little bit complacent in terms mm-hmm. of just sort of turning up and 
you know the kids and you know how the session runs but all of a sudden it was well actually I can't put all of these children in the same session I'm gonna have to have six the way we sort of ran it was to have shorter sessions but obviously with with less people so the the contact time sort of wasn't too dissimilar but it just ensured that we had sort of 15 minutes in between sessions for Mm -hmm. one group to leave and the next group to arrive yeah um but actually by the time we were getting to obviously matches etc I don't think it was too different obviously you had the hand sanitizing breaks but I think as long as they they were a hand sanitizing break as opposed to a, a full drinks break. Yeah. Um. Actually, went sort of two or three weeks into the season, it was business as usual to a degree, just sort of with um an awareness around obviously COVID compliance. Yeah, and and I guess I, I don't suppose you've asked them specifically, but I assume everybody was very very comfortable and felt safe and felt like all the ECB guidance that they were given made the game as playable as possible. Yeah, I think now that schools have gone back, um, that kind of affected our last couple of sessions a little bit as people were having to self-isolate if someone else in their year had had to go home and that started Mm. to make things a little bit complicated. But in terms of actually over the summer, we had no issues whatsoever. Um, Everyone kind of abided by the social distancing and all the other COVID compliance and the way that it was all set up at the club was really good. And I think it's just become bit of a new norm now for us isn't it um it's more now the winter period that we've got to try and get through uh, and yeah. try and keep cricket or its momentum going through ready for next year yeah isn't that same for you yeah absolutely i think as marie said um it is the new normal and the, the compliance stuff now is kind of second nature but the key is going to be ensuring we can keep the sort of cogs ticking once we go indoors and again mm. keep it safe indoors um, but I think we've just got to do what we can to ultimately get people playing the game. Yeah, it sounds that way. I assume it will be a very challenging winter for for lots of sports, not just cricket. But um, mm-hmm. hopefully, we can find a way to keep that going and keep that momentum going up into in, into the winter and then into next season. Um, so, I mean, looking forward from here, then over the winter and into twenty twenty one, what's coming up, Nads? Um, from a cricket board point of view, um, sort of women and girls competitions, um, mm. again, we'll be looking to go um, even bigger and better with the softball for both the girls um, and the women. Um, as we've noticed over the last few years, obviously numbers have begin, began to grow, um, looking at sort of running numerous festivals on the same date at different locations, um, hopefully with more teams, uh, obviously more involvement. Uh, we're looking again to run um, our girls' leagues, as we have done, the under 15s league still ran um, as a result of COVID, but the 13s unfortunately didn't this summer. Um, so I'm hoping, so going into next year, we can get that up and running again, um, and maybe even look at a 17s, dependent on sort of graduates from the 15s this year, because um, mm. the, the standard's been really good. And I know there's a, a few girls sort of knocking around that at the moment haven't got sort of an age group league. They, they're having to play sort of senior cricket. Um, in a longer format every weekend so that's something we may look at um, and again it's just the addition of all the the normal stuff that we sort of do when we run so the um, women's middens league again should be back in action um, with the super eights competition underpinning that um, sort of in regional groups um, and yeah. then again the cricket board did look to introduce sort of a hardball t20 friendly beginners um league this year but again obviously that was um didn't run as a result of travel covid team numbers bubbles etc um but again Mm. hoping we can get that up and running so we're offering um sort of a a beginners entry level competition 
for those that don't quite feel ready to enter the women's league and commit to those longer formats. So fingers crossed we'll have lots of different formats um, to appeal to all the ranges, ages, abilities of players that we get. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed um, we'll have some sort of indoor activity as well, whether that be women's hubs of, as we've ran um, as previous or maybe smaller coaching groups. Again, it's going to be largely determined by the guidance that's given, um, but I'm sure we'll get some indoor activity of some sort. Yeah, brilliant. Lots going on there. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. If COVID-19 plays ball, hopefully. <laughs> um, right, so, Marie, you started with Central Sparks in, when was that? J- July I started, first of, first of July, I think it was. Okay, and that was a professional role? Yes, yeah, so that was the retainer uh, nice. contract. Um, yeah. So we did a lot of, like, um, behind the scenes work in kind of creating a culture of Central Sparks, what what the Central Sparks is, why it's called Central Sparks, all of those kind of things. Um, yeah, keeping fitness up. A lot of it was a lot of it was fitness to be fair in that month of July, and then yeah. as soon as we could get back to um, training and playing, then then we grabbed it with both hands. Brilliant, and that was so that's the Rachel Hayho. Yes, right. Yes, Brilliant. and that finished uh, Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the final. Yeah, final. Uh, so yeah, it was moved to Sunday, wasn't it? In the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Southern Vipers took the victory. Um, which, yeah, it looked a good game. Yeah, actually. probably well deserved. I'd have liked Yorkshire to win though, and then would have known that we would have beaten the champions. But yeah, um, it'll be an interesting competition next year if if we can play all teams, as I think that would have opened it up quite nicely. Yeah. So it's two groups of six this year, wasn't it? Two groups of so, four. Right. Two groups of four. Yeah. Okay. North group, South group. And then the winners played play each other. Um, so yeah, that was just due to COVID again, the the travel distance. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was so, good to even get six games in, to be honest. Yeah, that's brilliant. And were you in a bubble all the way through, or not? No. So we we were under kind of very strict measures in terms of um, trying to not socialise with anybody else, not going anywhere. Um, hmm. But then in terms of bubbles, it was just that we had to monitor our temperature and everything every day. And then when we got to training and things like that, I had to have our temperature monitored again. Um, and then just, yeah, reducing contact with the outside world, I guess, because if anything did happen, then the whole team would have to self-isolate. Um, fortunately, yeah, and that's the yeah. competition done. Yeah, yeah. so everyone, everyone did well at that in the end, so it was, it was good. Okay, cool. So for anybody listening that maybe doesn't know about the Sparks or the, the new professional kind of layout for uh, women's cricket, yeah. Who, so how many um, retainer contracts were there in the Spark side? So there was there was three retainer contracts, which basically um, mean that you are going to be signed as a professional player from October, so actually from today. Um, okay. So it meant that basically you then couldn't go to anywhere else. So if somebody else approached you, you were already kind of tied into Central Spark. So there was three of us on those retainer contracts where they're now looking to add two more um, players onto those professional contracts. So from today, there should be five um, professional players for the Central Sparks. And then, Brilliant. But, That's good. Yeah, and then those girls that aren't um, aren't fully professional, they still get the pay to play, um, and they get a participation fee for um, for being in the tournament as well. So okay. everybody everybody that that is a part of it um, is kind of financially rewarded in some aspect, which is a great step forward for, for the women's game. Yeah. That's brilliant. So there would have been a few 
players who would have had to take time off work and yeah. everything for this, I'd assume. Yeah, definitely. So there's there's a lot of girls in our team that have, have worked hard for years to create really good careers for themselves that they just wouldn't be able to to give up on um, to play cricket. And then there's a lot that kind of teachers mm. um, and things like that that have their summer off and then as soon as it goes back into September, um, they've got to go back to work and things. So for them to, instead of having to take a day off completely unpaid, um, I think it's good mm. that they get some sort of financial reward. Um, even things like mileage and stuff covered as well, just all all just takes a lot of pressure off um, off other women and keeps them involved in the game for a lot longer. Yeah. So it's kind of taking some really big steps to professionalising the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really good system, actually, because they wouldn't be able to fully professionalise everybody yet, because, like I said, because of other career options. Um, and that would ultimately mean that you would lose players from the game, which would be the worst thing that could happen. They've kind of created this stepping stone, which I think has worked, worked very well to start with. And it's, it's quite exciting to see where it's going to go. Brilliant. And then, so how is it going to help kind of young, aspiring, Nolan Dorridge under-15 cricketers who want to be professional yeah. cricketers when they well, grow up? I think up. it was, um, was Issa Gua who said, you cannot be what you cannot see. And I really, really liked that. Um, in that those girls mm. now have, can see what women's cricket looks like. The fact that they could watch their cricket coach on, on TV or on YouTube was really, really inspiring for them. Um, and they've, got, they've also got a team in the region, whereas... Although the Kia Super League was fantastic, obviously there wasn't a kind of local team for kind of in the West Midlands. So I think for us now to have a a team and a, and a base around here, it gives something for the girls to aspire to, and that you can you can get a career in cricket. Because even when I was at university finishing my university um, degree, there wasn't any careers in cricket then either, unless it was top best in the top eleven in the country. Um, so for there mm. to be those options now, I think even when they're growing up in sort of five, six years' time, there'll be even more job opportunities. And it's not just as a player, but as like the manager role, as a coaching role, uh, as scoring, yeah, support umpiring, staff and like everything. the media and marketing around it, journalism, it just opens so many more doors um, for the, yeah. so that women can be involved in sport in some aspect. Um, so that's really, yeah. really exciting. There was a couple of Warwickshire umpires included in the um, games, yes, yes, Sue Redfern did a lot of the a lot of the games, um, and you might have seen her on TV recently with the yes, England. So she, yeah, and she's she's, um, she's got a lot of experience now, and she's definitely working away up the up the ladder. I think I heard a voice on Third Empire the other day as well. Um, can recognise that now. Yeah, that's so right, it's quite yeah. nice actually because she's she's um, done a lot in women's cricket over the years, so she's kind of seeing the progression of players come through. So. Um, for her to kind of be in the middle as well and kind of see how things are progressing, I think that's really exciting too. Yeah, Sue um, Sue umpired her first ever game, and I was well, while I was playing. Okay. So how long ago that was, I don't know, but that was her first ever game. Of oh umpiring. wow! Time to fame, so uh, Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna milk that all over social around. media. <laughs> so I didn't know, unfortunately. Yeah. I didn't, but um, and the other, the other part, Melinda Underdown. Yes, wasn't it? Melinda. Yeah, South African. Yeah, she's um, yeah, she's yeah. lovely. She's really, really nice. Um, and then, yeah, it just gives more exposure to them, doesn't it? I think it's it's a new experience for us playing at um, big county grounds, and you kind of forget that the umpires are going through those kind of learning curves as well. Um, and they're only yeah. going to get better by doing more more practice at that high level. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully the overall kind of standard of umpiring and more female umpires um, will be able to kind of umpire at that standard and 
uh, and do well at it. Brilliant. And then Melinda also umpires uh, the Warwickshire County Premier League on Saturdays yeah. throughout the season. So she's she's doing loads of yeah, umpiring as well. So that's good. It's good that they're both doing that. And it's really good that it sounds like if there's eight eight teams and five um, professional cricketers at each one, we've now got 40 yeah. professional women yeah, cricketers in, yeah. as alongside the the main yeah. England yeah, cricketers definitely. as well. So it's going in, going in the right direction. Um, becoming a bit more yeah, like Australia, true. which they're, they're the ones we have to try and chase. So. Yeah, long may it continue. Yeah. Not the chasing Australia, <laughs> but just the professional bit. So. Um, so, yeah, so you were signed as professional from yeah, today. Yeah, from today. Thank you. Nice, congratulations Thank you. on Thank that. Thank you. So, well done. Um, and then final question to you mm-hmm. both. What are you most looking forward to Um for cricket in 2021? Do you want to go first, Nads? Oh, good question. Um, I think sort of seeing at the back end next year um, to see how sort of these girls like yourself, Marie, that are in professional contracts mm. um, that are now going to have the time to dedicate to sort of your own development, uh, yeah. how much that's going to have in terms of selections for England. I mean, I think we all know that... Um, the England squad has been pretty set in stone over the past couple of years. Well, well past probably five, six years. Yeah. Um, and there's a few people um, like Lauren Bell, Izzy Wong, that are sort of on, on the fringes that are new names coming through. Um, and it will just be good to see, for me, sort of whether they can push for places and see how sort of having dedicated time and resources um, put mm-hmm. into them, see whether that makes the England team stronger and whether we can sort of get closer to um, Australia and to, to their setup and sort of their, their standard, really. I think that's where I think it'll be interesting to see in 12 months' time. Mm. Yeah, completely. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, as a player, I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, is just having that having that time to be able to, to bat, for, bat for ages. Like, And then even next year, if we get double the amount of games as we had this year, like, that would be amazing. If we all kind of said it as a team that we felt, towards like the fourth, fifth and sixth game of the competition, we felt like we were really gelling together and we found some momentum. And then suddenly that... Um, so I think to have double of that, plus then the T20, plus potentially the 100, it's just exciting to see how much cricket um, will be. And then, yeah, those opportunities should should come knocking for kind of England call-ups and things like that for, for other people. And for me, it's been quite interesting and quite pleasing to see other other girls around the county that I um, around the country that I kind of grew up with in sort of England pathways, and to see them doing well as well. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's been a great competition, and it can only get better from here. So, completely agree with what Nadia was saying, and then the knock-on effects as well that that's going to have on all of these club systems. Hopefully, that means that all club junior sections, um, especially girls and women's sections, hopefully the numbers skyrocket. Um, within the next 12 months. Good. Fingers crossed. Good, hopefully they do, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I thought you were both going to say oh, high fives and a drink in the bar afterwards, but that's... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's I'm good, good answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that about wraps us up for uh, this episode. Thank you both. Thank you, Marie, for coming on and talking about Sparks and your work with Complete and with Nolan Dorridge. Uh, hope the professional term from now goes well thank and you. you enjoy it and kick on next year and nads thank you for thank you for coming on and doing all of your good work throughout the summer and getting lots of cricket played no problem at all fingers crossed we get more next year is all i can say yeah 
yeah, fingers crossed. Come on, COVID, <laughs> sort yourself out. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, you can get this on Spotify if you're listening on uh, the internet somewhere. You can get it on Spotify, on Apple Playlist, Apple Podcasts is what it's called. Um, check out our website for any coaching courses, for any school inquiries, holiday camps, anything. Check it out, www.warwickshirecricketboard.co.uk. Um, thank you very much. See you all soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Ros. Bye-bye.